three, two, one. Hi, we're the Emilies, and welcome back to the Soul Sisters podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy it. I'm Emily C. And I'm Emily B. Um, Today we're going to talk about our spiritual awakenings, um, but I'm going to give a definition of what that is before we get into it. Um, For those of you who don't know or just anyone who's curious. (laughs) Um, So it is a profound experience that is often described as a deep connection to the divine, a deep understanding of the nature and life or a sense of inner growth and transformation. It can bring a sense of peace and oneness. It can also provide a greater understanding of one's purpose and meaning of life. It can be seen as a journey of self-discovery as well as an opportunity to gain insight into the spiritual truths of the universe. So now I think we're gonna get into a few questions. Um, We have A few questions we're going to answer, and then we are going to go into depth about our spiritual awakenings. So the first question is, when did I realize I was going through a spiritual awakening? I realized I was going through a big one in 2020. That's when I started doing a lot of tarot reading, journaling, manifesting, and I did that all to kind of cope with a bad relationship. And then I had a second smaller one back in 2022, which I'll get more into later. Um, so a few years back in 2018, I started seeing repeating numbers on the clock um, and at random places throughout my day to day. So I did some research about the number I was seeing and it turned out it meant that my spirit guides were trying to connect with me and offer protection for things in my life at the time. So Emily and I really dove deep into learning everything we could about spirituality We got tarot cards and crystals we felt personally drawn to and began putting them to work. So the next thing is um, what tools helped you along your journey with your spiritual awakening? Um, So I started out with tarot cards and oracle cards um, and crystals and then once I was a little bit more comfortable um, we got some pendulums and we started doing work with those as well. I would say that the main tool that helped me was journaling. I feel like journaling, going through anything, like any rough spot in life is always good just to get your feelings down on pen and paper. But my tarot cards did help me with a lot of coping because it gave me guidance and, you know, it gave me ways to help heal, which was really nice. So the next question we have is what was my motivating factor to become spiritually woke? Honestly, I don't really know. All I know is the feelings I felt during it. I don't know if I had a motivating factor. I just knew something was happening, and although it didn't feel good, it felt right. Like, I knew deep down whatever was happening was supposed to happen because of the signs I was seeing. It was really weird, and it's honestly really cool how the universe works sometimes. Um, so... Pretty much what has really motivated me to become spiritual um, would be the fact that I've had a lot of family members and a few of my friends pass away, and just the possibility of maybe being able to communicate with them in in some way brings me some peace of mind, I guess. (laughs) 
So I'm pretty sure I read the question wrong. Um, I think we went over this last time, but I thought that it was like, what was the, like before you were woke, like what was the motivating factor, you know? Um, but the motivating factor now would be to better myself. Like, I like having the guidance and all that type of things to help me better myself because I do want to be the best version of myself always. Um, so the next one is, what emotions did you feel during your journey? Um, so there was definitely a lot of emotions. It was a roller coaster um, that I was experiencing and I'm still currently sometimes. Um, but I feel excited to learn new things. Um, sometimes I get anxious, but overall I'm pretty happy with my progress and I feel pretty positive and motivated to keep going. I would say I had a lot of emotions. I was mostly sad and confused, but I did have a few happy moments mixed in there with all the confusion. I did a lot of self-healing and motivating in a very short period of time. Spirits really made me look within myself and fix things I thought I could never be fixed. So it was and still is kind of rough, but at the end of the day, I know it's for the best for me. And I know at the end of this cycle, I will be better and move on to the next that will make me even more better. Okay, so the next question is, what was life like before and after? So before all this happened, I was a pretty rude, uptight, hateful person. Um, I was in a very toxic religion, but not toxic like the people around me were toxic, like I was toxic, you know? I really thought that if you didn't follow the rules that were in the big book, that, like, you were just the worst person on the face of the earth. So, becoming spiritually woke made me look at things through a different lens in life. I'm a, I would like to say I'm a lot more free. I don't really care what religion you follow, what background you come from, who you came out of, or who you identify as, as long as you're a good person and you aren't hurting yourself or someone else, you're cool in my book. I've also learned now that I held people to a high standard in life. If you didn't give as much as I was giving, I would hold resentment. But after one of my most recent journeys, I realized that that's not fair and I have days where I don't give my all, so why should everybody else? I just feel like before all of this, I was really sad, hateful person who had high standards, but now I feel like I'm free from all of that. Okay. So, my life before and after. Um, before I started on my spiritual journey, I struggled with everyday issues like most people do. Um, my emotions could overwhelm me at times, um, but afterwards I started learning spirituality and I feel like I know how to handle things a lot better and feel a lot more calm in my day to day. I feel I have a much deeper connection and understanding with myself and my emotions and I feel like I am the most mentally clear I ever have been. So next I think we're gonna get into our spiritual awakening story. Um, so I'm gonna get into mine. Uh, so a few years back when I was working at a daycare I started seeing 444 on the clock almost every day when I would look at the time. And I would just look randomly and I wouldn't even like have any idea that it would be close to that time but it was kind of weird <laughs> um, so I looked into the number and it represents protection um, it meant my spirit guides were reaching out and trying to protect me 
from things going on in my life, and that started me with my journey. Um, so then on my 22nd birthday, I went and got 444 tattooed on me to remember what started it all for me. Um, sometime after that, one of our friends had passed away, so we used our tarot cards and oracle cards to try and reach out. And the first oracle card that popped out had his zodiac sign on it. So to clarify, it was really him trying to communicate with us. We said out loud, if it is really you, have a red car drive by. And no joke, the next five cars that we saw pass were red. We thought it was really interesting that it happened that way. And we were really shocked and we weren't sure where to go from there. So we proceeded to ask more questions through our cards um, and we felt like we had definitely made contact. It was a crazy experience and that pushed us more and more to develop and grow our skills. Now we give readings to people in our personal lives and they have always been super accurate. Every day we are still learning new things but I'm very proud of how far we have come and I still see so many angel numbers in random places every single day. So I would say I went through a small spiritual awakening followed by a few years later by a bigger one then followed by a smaller one again. It all started back when I lived with Emily in 2018. We both kept seeing angel numbers and signs from the universe like a calling. But I kind of just ignored it because I was a really religious person at the time and I was scared to let go. I started questioning a lot in a short time span and I started distancing myself from it. From 2019 to 2020, I was in a horrendous karmic relationship that wrecked me so bad. It was only like a year and a half long, but it was one of the darkest times of my life. In my opinion, it was a karma. It was karma for all the horrible things I said and did in my past, but the ending of the relationship really opened me up to the idea of something more, something that wasn't in my little bubble. So I started searching. I've been seeing a lot of tarot readings on TikTok and I felt a calling to it. I ordered my first deck a few weeks after I moved back home and started using them to give me comfort and guidance on this journey. I sat at home by myself doing readings and watching videos and talking to spirit guides and talking to my ancestors, all that type of stuff. And through doing all of that, and through doing all of that, I finally found comfort in being alone. That was a really big step for me. I used to always hate being alone and it was actually one of my biggest flaws. I stayed in friendships and relationships way too long because I was scared to be alone. I found comfort in knowing that as long as I take care of myself and I always tried to put out positive energy into the world, I would receive it back 10 times better. So I started working on myself and I'm still doing it to this day. I've been on a long journey and I still have a lot longer to go, but I know at the end of it, I will be the best version of myself and that's all I could ever want to be happy and content with myself and my life so I think now um, we might do a juicy reddit story I'm really 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 big into reddit stories like I watch tiktoks constantly of those subway surfer guys with the reddit story I don't know have you ever seen those it's like this this guy playing subway surfer or whoever behind the screen playing subway surfer and then they have like the reddit story with like the narrator over it dude that's my whole for you page but i also love two hot takes so i'm going to find a story real quick and i'm gonna read it because emily doesn't really like listen to reddit stories and shit like that i'm gonna see if i can find a good one a juicy one this is actually one that i just recently saw on tiktok 
The story goes, my 29F boyfriend, 23 male, gave away my Hamilton tickets. Am I being selfish for just wanting to break up over this? Throw away because while I'm fairly sure him and his family don't have Reddit, I would rather be safe than sorry. Backstory. My mom is genuinely one of the funniest, kindest, sweetest people I've ever met. And I'm genuinely lucky to have been her daughter. She had me fairly young, raised me by my by herself, and while <coughs> we were pretty poor growing up, she did her darndest to make sure that I got a good education and had everything I needed as a kid. One of the things we share is a love for the theater. She would save up and take me to all the musicals that stopped in our stopped on tour in our town. And while we were always in the cheap seats, it was always something we both genuinely genuinely looked forward to. These memories of going to the theater with my mom are very precious to me and is one of the main factors in why I work in the entertainment industry today. <clears throat> Fast forward to today. Like most theater nerds, my mom and I are basically obsessed with Hamilton. And for those of you who aren't really familiar with it, the show is basically impossible to get tickets for at this point unless you want to see it in January of next year. I'm lucky enough to be in a financial position with my job that I can afford tickets for a show in July. These are amazing seats, fifth row center, and though some type of divine intervention, I managed to snag tickets for the night that Lynn Manuel, I'm sorry to all the fucking Hamilton nerds out there, I do not know how to pronounce her name, It's the director of, the, of Hamilton, so... Their final performance, apparently. I surprised my mom with these tickets back in December. I bought them in October, I think, for Christmas. I'm making a whole week of it. I put us up in a really nice hotel. I made reservations to a bunch of restaurants that we both want to try, and we're going to do a bunch of touristy shit in general. We are both incredibly excited for this. My mom even has a little Hamilton countdown that she's doing on a mini chalkboard she uses as a planner she send me pictures every day when she's changing it it's so cute in january i began to date this guy that i'll refer to as josh we were casual slash not exclusive for a while but became serious within the last two months he also works in the corporate side of entertainment but at a different agency than i do he also has a higher position than me and makes a lot more money than I do. And they put a lot with a bunch of O's. So he makes a lot of money. <laughs> this is becoming important. And bitch, it does become important. We met at an industry event and we hit it off instantly. I thought I could get really serious about this guy. And up to this point, there have been no red flags that I have seen. Although, to be honest, right now, I'm sitting through all... I'm siphing through all the memories... To see if there's something I missed, which she probably did. He also came from a much, much wealthier family than I did. Josh has, Josh has a younger sister that I'll call Jennifer, 17. That's kind of going through a big troubled teen phase. She cuts classes, smokes, and is really disrespectful to her parents. I've also only met her once, but as far as I know, she's not doing anything too bad. She's just kind of sad. <laughs> mood. And could really benefit from some therapy. Also mood. Josh says that they can't reach out to her no matter what they do. They've tried everything. 
Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. It's okay. It gets interesting, I promise. Okay. Actual problem time. Sunday night, I was at my place with Josh, and we were drinking wine and cuddling while watching the Tonys. My mom was texting me during the Hamilton performance, geeking out about how excited she was. I laughed and showed my mom's text to Josh because I thought it was so adorable. He didn't say anything off, but he was acting kind of strange. He asked me what date the show was and when we were going. I told him, and then he went to the other room and took a phone call. I thought nothing of it because we both have to take random phone calls like that for our jobs all the time, and he was going through kind of a tough time at his. He was in an unusual, unusually good, oh my god, sorry. He was in an unusually good mood afterwards and said he had to go home early because he had to sign some forms at the office. Before we met up to get brunch with his parents later that day, again, nothing too unusual and pretty common for the both of us. He picked me up at work for the brunch with his parents again. He's in a usual, unusually good mood. I ask him what's up and he says vaguely that things are going well at the office and this deal he's been trying to make is finally going through. I don't really press for info because we both try to avoid work topics. This is the, this is only my second time meeting his parents, so I still am a bit nervous about brunch. We get to the brunch place, and the first thing his mom does when she sees me is give me a big, warm hug and profoundly thanks me for my kindness. Her dad also gives me a huge handshake and thanks me for helping out with Jen. I'm kind of, what the, what the fucking, because I have no idea what they're talking about, and I asked what she means and she says for giving the Hamilton tickets. I turn around to Josh and he was just has this big grin on his face. Reddit, that time my boyfriend was away talking on his phone for business, he was actually on the phone with Jen promising that I would give her Hamilton tickets. I was so thrown off by that that I that I say how I have no clue about this. Josh looks pissed and is Family are equally thrown off, but instead of getting mad at Josh, his mom just says, well, you can still give them to her, right? And they all look at me and I, like I'm supposed to just agree with this. And I try to explain that the trip is actually for me and my mom and how important it is to my mom. All three of them are starting to go on about how Jen was super excited about this and that this is the first time that she's not been mad slash expressed happiness to them in a while. And that's how the next half hour goes, basically, until the parents leave. Mad. And the dad calls me selfish cow. Wow. <laughs> I'm so flabbergasted that I just sort of put up with it, but I could barely get in a word. So they were, like, fucking going at it on her. Josh and I go outside the brunch place, and he starts screaming at me about my selfishness and how Jen is going through a much harder time and that they thought, oh, my God. And how Jen is going through a much harder time than they thought. And that I'm being selfish because it's just a musical. I hate having arguments in public. So I wasn't really engaging. He usually calls me... Oh, he eventually calls me a cunt. And then left in the car. Or left in his car. Later that night, I texted him saying, While I wasn't giving up the tickets, 
there are still some available for the day. However, they cost $2,500 due to the ticket scalpers jacking them up in prices. Believe me, this is not a problem for either his parents or him. He literally just bought a 3K watch for funsies last week. The only response I was given was that that was an outrageous fee, which she agrees. He refuses to pay, and he didn't understand why I couldn't just give the tickets to Jen. I also got a text from both his parents pleading with me to get the tickets, and also they forward an email to me that Jen sent to Josh and her parents for thanking them for the surprise. Apparently, she's also obsessed with Hamilton, and this is and this is making her year. Also, we live in L.A., so I do they expect me to also give her the plane ticket and the hotel? What was their game plan here? Okay. <clears throat> oh my god, there's still another paragraph. Look, I completely understand wanting to help out Jen, and I feel really bad that apparently her family is filled with weirdos, but this has been also baffling, and the entitlement and behavior they display is massively turned off. I am not giving up the tickets. And then she puts, is this selfish in parentheses? No. But I also kind of want to cut my losses here. The attitude Josh displayed to me outside the brunch place was very unpleasant, and to say the least, he knew how disrespectful I found being called a cunt was. So I'm of half a mind to just break up with him. He knew I had these tickets for a while, and I don't know why he decided to do this now, but should I contact Jim, Jen and explain it all? I just saw that she made a really excited Facebook post about it. I would be straight up buying the ticket for her, but frankly, I could not afford those prices because I'm saving up for the NYC trip with my mom. How do I move forward? And then she says, am I the asshole? So now, what do you think? What do you think she should do? I mean, I think that that's way too fucking expensive to be giving up, definitely. So my thoughts on this story, because I already heard this story, and I'm sorry for my jacked up reading there, I'm getting better at reading. But I think that she should break up with her boyfriend. The fact that they have only been serious for two months and he's already calling her the C word and, like, being abusive towards her like that, like, nah, dude, just leave. Like, it's only been two months. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys aren't even that serious. You don't have a house together. You're not fucking engaged. Like, like you don't have any of that. So I say just leave him. I would say cut him and his weirdo-ass family off. <laughs> I would text Jen and explain everything, be like, you know, this is not your fault why this is happening, but I cannot give you those tickets because this has been planned for so long. Like, these aren't your tickets. And the fact that he just spent $3,000 on a watch and can't even buy his sister $2,500 tickets? Like, what? Mm -hmm. Why can't people just think? I don't understand. I don't understand, dude. Reddit user, I don't know who wrote this. Um, but if you posted this, please leave your boyfriend. <laughs> he does not seem like a good person, in my opinion. If he's already showing red flags like that, like, she said he's never shown a red flag before, but he's showing you one right now. Like, leave. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that yells at you in anger because of something they did, like, no, dude. It's only been two months. Cut the cord. Clearly his freaking parents, like, they're gonna be your in-laws if you get married and they already have a bad impression of you right now. Even though it's not your fault. So just leave. That concludes everything we're going to talk about on today's podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. 
Um, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.